0: Seein everybody. He won't eat much. Captain's <laughs> chasing. It. It ain't technical difficulties. It's venomous di- difficulties. It? <laughs> gets shoe back on. That's been an interesting week. We've had our third rattlesnake on the property the other day. <clears throat> Against other people's opinions, there is enmity between me and snakes. <laughs> I don't like them. None of them. I don't want nothing to do with them. Other things don't bother me one bit in the world. I hate snakes. Dead, alive. I don't want to touch them. Don't want to be around them. Spiders don't bother me one bit in the world. Bugs crawl all over me while I'm sleeping. I don't care. Don't bother me. Scorpions don't scare me. Don't get me around snakes, I thought it's a lizard. I started getting nervous. They're they're snakes with legs. Well, we're all good and awake. Now Lord did that on purpose, didn't we? <laughs> John eighteen. <laughs> Uh, our <clears throat> nursery is going to be closed for a little bit longer, uh, but the, the women's restroom Tuesday, the plumber is scheduled to come put a new toilet in. The uh, landlord's going to have a toilet put in for us, and uh, the mounting bolts are rusted, and so he's going to take care of that. And, uh, I'm thankful for it. And I, I expressed our gratitude to him for being so kind to us and so good dealing with us, and, and I'm thankful the Lord gave us the one owns this property, uh, who we have. I'm grateful for that. Here in John 18, I want to look at, <clears throat> these two messages kind of go together this morning. I, I'd hate to see them stand apart, but they ought to be able to stand apart. Um, but I'm here to preach to you. <laughs> somebody might say, well, what if somebody didn't download that in order on Sermon Audio? Lord can make them download it in order if he wanted to, but I want this to be for us. We're the ones that's here. I pray every time I can preach that I can plainly show all flesh is grass and behold your God. It's so easy for us, even after the Lord's dealt, especially when he first deals with us, but after the Lord's dealt with us and he saved us and gave us a, a new creation, I just want to hear behold your God. We don't like hearing all flesh is grass. We know that. <laughs> we don't like instruction. We don't like be reminded of these things. And I thought too, what if it was just, just two of us, was me and one of you men. If we was trapped on a deserted island, just the two of us, should I skip preaching on marriage? Or if I, if it was, should I skip preaching on what a bride ought to be? Can't do that, can I? These two messages go together. And the title of this first one is The Enemy's Approach. and the next hour, Lord willing, we'll look at the brethren's approach this is an enemy's approach and the next hour we'll look at how how a brother approaches i think you'll notice some things that are strikingly similar and some some things that are very different and i pray we can see the one thing that makes them different i'll tell you the answer before we even get started (laughs) that one thing that makes a difference between an enemy approaching god and a brother approaching god is christ the one thing needful who made you to differ before we go getting hot and heavy and how good we are at picking out where the gospel is and what it is and we found the right thing, we better think about who made us to differ. John 18, let's look at these uh, first 11 verses. This is in Gethsemane. That word Gethsemane, we looked last time at this brook seed run. Gethsemane means olive press. Olive press, that's significant. You have to press olives. That makes olive oil. And that olive oil is what Moses was directed to make an anointing oil. And whatever that touches, God says, that's mine and it's holy. This is where that's taken place. Here in John 18, verse 1. And when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the book Seedron, where was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon as he said, he had said unto them, I am. They went backward and fell to the ground. And he asked them again. Doesn't say they stood up, did it? Laying flat on their backs, looking to the skies paralyzed, he asked them again, whom seek ye? And from that paralytic state, they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled which he spake, of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none. Is that just the disciples? Yes, there, and us. That's what's taking place. That's done. And then I, for this preacher to see this is lovely, in spite of ourselves. Then Simon Peter, having a sword drew, having a sword drew it, and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my Father hath given me, shall I not drink it? What if I told you... Now ain't time to be audible. I'm going to be your buddy. What if I told you that there was a covenant made before anything took place? What if I told you that after that covenant was made a multitude was represented in one man. And that multitude was with one man. And that multitude was in one man. And this man, he leads all the others that are with him and in him to make the sacrifice that many could live. And he did this willingly for others. And he did this willingly. He did it for himself too, for himself. And he's going to display a whole lot of knowledge in this that other people don't have. He's going to seal this in the very essence, the token, the picture of love, of caring. After that, a horrible Roman death is going to occur. And because of this man's actions, one man with many represented by many, what appeared to be an act of love, right? God's people set free eternally. Go your way. Well, what is our way? Christ's the way. Before you say amen, I just told you the story of Judas. A little different between how facts look on a piece of paper and how they play out in real life, ain't it? The intent of the heart, the motive of the heart. That's a story of Judas. The enemy's approach can look a whole lot like a brother's approach. We can't distinguish the two. We can't distinguish corn and wheat uh, the tares, wheat and the tares, can we? Uh, we? We just hear what we hear. We see what we see. God looks on the heart. We might find out what the heart was years later. <laughs> 2,000 years later, looking back, they all thought so highly of Judas. He was the only one that held office in that group. He was the treasurer. They went out, and they thought he was like, buying meat, doing something important that they weren't qualified to do. He was out conspiring against the Lord. This approach to the enemy, it starts with the need. Look back a couple pages in John 11. John 11. Before time began, we had a need. And we had a representative that went into a covenant for us, didn't we? But this enemy had one. John 11, verse 47. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what will we do? John eleven forty seven. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, what, what, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation, our way of our home. This is where we grew up. They're going to take that away. My position in the community. I have a title in this religion. They're going to take that away. Some mean man's going to come take that away. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all. What's wrong with you idiots? (laughs) Nor consider that it's expedient for us that one man should die for the people that the whole nation perish not." And this spake he not of himself, of course. (laughs) But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation and not for that nation only, but that they also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. That's us too. And from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. They had a need. We have a need. Much different though, isn't it? They had a need. Now we need the doer. (laughs) We need a man that we could live. One represented us. One to represent us in that agreement, in that covenant. We're going to need it in contract. It's going to have to be in blood for us. These had a contract too. Look over in Luke 22. Back a few more pages. Luke 22 verse 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which was called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. And Satan, then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and the captains how he might betray him, unto them. We need to get this done. One has to die so many can live. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. A covenant was entered into. An agreement was made. Then a plan came to accomplish that covenant. This is this is the intent. This is the will. It's what must happen. And then a plan came. Verse six, and he promised and saw opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. I'll pull him out by himself, and I'll betray him. Then it was put into play. This covenant, it was acted upon. Look over to Matthew 26. Back a few more pages. Matthew 26, verse 47. John didn't record it this way, but those we have those Gospels whenever the Lord shows it a little different in each one, it gives us a, a perspective on it, an angle to it, so we can better understand what was taking place. Matthew twenty six forty seven, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude of swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave him the sign. Saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. You better not let him go. <laughs> he knew something of his power, didn't he? And he said, I'm going to go up and we'll kiss him. Betrayed with a kiss. He didn't go up and kiss his feet. That'd be reverent. That'd be worshiping. He went up and kissed him on the cheek as an equal. You ain't nothing but another man. That's going to be the sign. And forthwith he came to Jesus, verse 49, and said, Hail, Master. That even sounds good, don't it? He's got all of his words right. And he kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, catch this, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Room for repentance. Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. He said, Friend, there is no man, woman, or child That can charge the Lord with being mean and unfair. It can't be the bow. Did Judas fall on his face and say, "I've done something terrible. I'm wrong." Stuck to man's covenant. He stuck to man's wisdom. He stuck to man's plan to save man's own way of life and everything else he had going on, didn't he? He wasn't a friend of the Lord Jesus maybe of a a lowercase l, maybe of a lowercase g, that's our buddy. Everybody likes one they can manipulate and they can talk into helping them out doing something else. He's face to face with the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D in flesh. And he thinks he's doing God a service. He's serving him high priest, he's serving the elders, the people and the elders and the priests. The Lord warned of this to the others, didn't he? He told us there in John 16, he said, they'll put you out of the synagogues. They'll kick you out of their traditions, out of all their, their benefits that go along with that, being buried there, getting married there, having your kids baptized there, uh, birthday parties. He said, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think he doeth God service. We're doing God a favor. Doesn't that look exactly the same? Isn't Peter about to do the Lord a service and cut somebody's ear off? Who makes it different? God makes it different. The work that He does. Now back in our text are in John eighteen. Verse one says, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the book Cedron, where was a garden, into which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. Why do you reckon the Lord wrote that there? Is that what it says in your Bible? He knew the place. We looked on Wednesday or Thursday, I guess this week. Uh, he went over at Brook Cedron. There was a garden, he took his disciples, because his disciples was with him and he took his disciples. That ain't all accident, is it? This is on purpose. Judas, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. What knowledge did Judas have? He knew where Christ communed with the Father. He knew where the Lord met with his people. Judas was the only one in that whole multitude that could identify Christ accurately. He said, I'm going to kiss him. You don't know which one he is. He looks just like all the other ones. He could distinguish. He said, that's the Lord's people and that's the Lord. He could tell you which disciples were which ones, their relationship. He could tell you why they're the disciples. They were called. They were God's elect before time. He chose them. He loved them. He's their friend. He loved them to the end. He could tell you what they believe, And all that did was condemn him all the more. He stood outside of that city of refuge and told you all about it. He had the plans, the architects. He told you how many bricks was there, what kind of hinges were on the door, how old the door was. And he said, that's the city of refuge. With a kiss. In tender love and called him master. Who makes him different than me? God does. God put me in that city of refuge. If that's a garden of suffering, put me in a garden of suffering. I won't be with you. Don't leave me to myself. I'll think I'm doing something good. I'm going to make a little money out of this, get some pieces of silver, tell the world how accurate I am and, and where you are. That's eternal death and damnation. He said, Luke 22, he said, Behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me, it's with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. This isn't out of the Lord's control. This is his doing. However, he says, but woe unto the man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? My, and In one account, uh, Judas had already took the money. <laughs> He'd already went into covenant with them. And he said, Master, is it I? Now, is that ignorance? That's how dumb we are. Is it a lie? That's how sinful we are. And he said, you just said it. You called me Master. They all called me Lord. It says in verse 1, Jesus had spoken these words. He went forth with his disciples over the brook Cedron, where a garden Or was a garden into which he entered, his disciples, and Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. You think he felt pretty confident having 500 men behind him with torches and lanterns and swords and Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom seek ye? I imagine that's probably when the Jews kissed him. Here he he walked towards them. As he was waiting patiently in this garden, we looked at last week. Waiting patiently in this garden, knowing what was coming to place. Praying to the Father, just got through warning his disciples, crossed over that brook, drank of it as an example of what he's going to do for us. Fulfilling all scriptures. He said, Hey, friend, what are you doing? Knowing exactly what it is. And that's what my pastor told me when I was young. Don't spend too long feeling sorry for the Lord. Our God is God, our Lord is the Lord. He was standing right there. He's the only man that ever knew when and where and why he was going to be born. And every step he ever took and how he was going to be betrayed and when and everything. He knew that hour. He talked about it a lot. It's painful. It's shameful. It was on purpose to save a people out of love, out of contentment, out of willfulness. He willingly did this for the joy set before him. Don't think for a minute he's caught off guard. This is the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God Almighty stand in front of Judas. And men think that's so shocking. I do too. But how often do we turn our necks to his word, his people, his his services, his worship, his will, his providence? How often do I? This is the great I am standing in front of him. He says in verse 5, And Jesus answered him, or they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth, and Jesus saith unto them, they were looking for Jesus. Do you get that? What's natural man do? Well, I was was searching for God. When man does that by himself, what happens? You find him so you can kill him or tie him up or use him. Be in his arm, make him be your little magician. That's that's man by nature, isn't it? People always say they found Jesus. These did, didn't they? They didn't find no gender-neutrified Jesus. Someone that has their arm bent easily, did they? They answered him, said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus, said unto them. Notice he is in italics. The translators added that for us to read, to help us read. But that's not what it says. I am. He could have screamed it. He could have said it in his normal voice. Or he could have whispered it. It doesn't matter. And Jesus also, which betrayed him, stood with him. As then, as he stood, as soon as then, As he had said unto them, I am. They went backward and fell to the ground. This is the great I am. This is that one that was in that burning bush when Moses was talking to it. And it says, behold, I'm coming to the children of Israel. What shall I say to them? The God of your fathers have sent me to you. And they'll say, what's his name? What am I going to tell them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. That great I am sent Moses his servant. That great I am is the very one that sends every other one of his servants. And the very one standing in front of this mob in the flesh is the I am. At his name, he just said his name, I am. And they fell backwards as trees. Flat on their back, took a wind clean out of them. Made them flat. <laughs> they were so up. We have to be made flat first. They were brought down. Man cannot stand at the word of the Lord. How do we think we're going to be able to stand in this judgment? By ourselves coming to him. He says they all all will be drawn to me and they will stand in judgment, yet not for long. <laughs> not for long. What about this self righteous church going Bible reading, Christ and his church identifying mob of murderers? What do they do when they are face to sky after the name of the Lord's declared? Verse 6 says, As soon as they had, he had said to them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom seek ye? Who are you looking for? A savior? The merciful God of heaven and earth that I've sinned against, Jesus of Nazareth. Without a new creation in us, who makes who makes it different? How am I different? Than any one of them? Without a new creation in us, we will not have this man reign over us. We won't, It's easy for us that that the Lord submitted to say, "Get down or bend over next to him, land on the land of ground." Submit, boys. <laughs> You're arrested. You ain't going to win. Bow to him. Worship him. This is almighty God. He's the friend of sinners. He's tender and long-suffering and kind and good and wise and just. Love him. Bow to him. Adore him. But they can't. They, they're, they're reanimated corpses. They're dead men that just happen to be walking around. Who are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus. Why don't you call him that? That get, get crawls, goes up my crawl. I, I don't like it. It's a Lord. And then he asked them a second time, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He mocks them a little. Verse 8, Jesus answered, I've told you that I am. That same Jesus, that Jesus of Nazareth, that's the great I am. I told you. I told, well, you didn't tell us. Yes, he did. He told you twice. Mankind's been told, hasn't he? Many of them more than once. Many of them multiple times. Many of them sat underneath the faithful gospel preacher for decades. But what about those that haven't? Well, maybe somebody doesn't have a Bible. They're without excuse too. David said, I love what David wrote. The Holy Ghost moved David's hand to write this. And he said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Go outside and look around. We went down to Napa Auto Parts. I had to get an air filter yesterday. And we got a little uh, hummingbird feeder. And they're territorial. If there's two of them and you walk by that thing, they'll poke you in the head. said, Look at the They had two of them. And that's what, 20 hummingbirds? I didn't want to walk in that place. They'd take my hair out. God made them hummingbirds and they're all over the place. It'd be anything. So they'll get you. You better watch out. It all shows his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. It's wise and good. There's no speech. Or language where their voice is not heard, where this creation doesn't declare that God's the Holy One of the universe. Their lines go out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. It's the S-U-N in Psalm 19. That's for the S-O-N, is But with that S-U-N we have, that declares him too. It says, which is as a bridegroom cometh out of his chambers and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. I was so excited to say that today. And then it was cloudy and raining when I woke. <laughs> That's a good illustration too. Lord's on his throne. How do I know the sun came up this morning? Well, I can't see it because it's cloudy. Does that mean it ain't up? We'd be freezing to death if it wasn't, wouldn't, wouldn't we? We'd be floating out in space, absolute zero. He's there. He's there. Verse 8 says, Jesus answered, that I've told you that I am. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. One wanted a multitude with them to apprehend the Lord and overtake him and do something with him. The Lord says, take me alone and let these go their way. He has to do this alone. There's, there's all of mankind. It's easy for us to find somebody that's wrong, pick on them they trying to make a co-savior out of, or have been for a of years, They're trying to make a co-savior out of Mary. Is that any different than picking something else? Then your works, then your sanctification, then your righteousness, then your attendance, then you picking the right place, then you're reading your Bible 15 minutes every morning because you're a good Christian. It ain't no different. Uh, you can label that ball of poison another fla- uh, flavor, but it don't make a difference in it. It's death, doesn't it? He must be alone. He must tread that wine press alone. He said, and if you seek me, let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake, of them which thou gavest me, I've lost none. Right then. The hour's starting. Take me, let my people go. I went through, I just copied and pasted the things from the beginning of my notes to the end. So I can say it again. Because of the covenant of God, not man, we went free. What's our covenants do? What's our promises do? I promise I'm going to be there Tuesday let that plum rip. I may be there Tuesday. I may not. I may not be alive in 10 seconds. Because of the covenant of God, not man, we live. We go free. Because of the leadership and the command of our Lord with his people with him, his band, band of brothers, not man. Because of our king's willingness to accomplish this covenant for the Father, to glorify the Father, for his people, for their salvation, and for himself, for his namesake. Not man. Because of his knowledge, his wisdom, not ours. Because he himself was hung on a tree in our place, not making another hang for him. I hope I'll touch on that next hour. Uh, Judah, we looked last week, was surety for Benjamin. Just before that, Reuben said, I'll be surety for him. And if I don't bring him back, you can take two of my sons. He didn't say he'd take me. <laughs> I volunteer your youngins to. <laughs> Christ said, I'll do it. Let these go. Because he laid down his life and he took his people's guilt and he bore that punishment. He drunk of that cup. We go our way. What way? Go do anything you want. Now Lord save you. Now you can go get you a yacht and live down in the French Polynesia and be happy the rest of your life. We'll see you in glory, Lord. No, we go way of Christ. We follow him. We follow the shepherd, don't we? It's done. It's done. You want me? Let these go. Oh, it's good news. They did it. <laughs> they took him. And let those go. <laughs> this eternal life-giving action can't be undone by poor preaching. And I'm so thankful for that. This is just for me. I'm just going to say it out loud, and then y'all can listen in. And there might be some other preacher listening, and other preachers listen to us sometimes. And they'll find some comfort in this too. It's done. The substitution's taking place. We're free. We're free men. Free women. Verse 10 says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it. I could show you why. Henry said, Why would you bring a sword to a prayer meeting? <laughs> he had it. He was told to. And he smote the high priest's servant, cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. We looked at that three years ago. He wasn't aiming for his ear. He was aiming for his neck. He's going to behead him. You ain't taking my master. And that was an act of love towards his his Lord. That was, It was wrong. <laughs> They was there to kill the Lord. That's wrong, and that's evil. Peter's there to kill Malchus, and that's wrong, but it was good. The heart was, the, the heart was in the right place. Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword and thy sheath, the cup which my father given me. Shall I not drink of it? Put your sword away, Peter. Peter cut his ear off, and the Lord put Malchus's ear back on. You reckon he saved him? Malchus cut in hair, and the Lord gave him an ear. <laughs> Might look at that another time. He said, Put up the sword in the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? What cup's that? There's a lot of men that God sent, his servants that sent to tell you about the I am and what they say is right. If they're sent to a location, that location ought to listen to that man that sent to that location and that time. And they're going to tell you what God's word says. That cup of sin. That's what we are. That's all that black darkness that ran off from the temple of all our false religion and self-righteousness and ugliness. And that's what he drank and he'd become us. And hand in hand, like I said last week, you can't have mercy without grace, can you? That's wrath. I'm going to tell you what God says about this cup. Re- Revelation 14, it says, The third angel followed them with a loud voice. If any man worship the beast of his image and receive the mark on his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink the wine of the wrath of God. Which is poured out without mixture in the cup of his indignation. That wrath, that sin, that's what we were. That's, people's scared to death about marks of the beast and all this other nonsense they're running around studying and looking into. That's 666. That's man, man, man. We put ourselves in the position of prophet because we'll tell everybody. We know everything. We'll put ourselves in the position of priest. I'll be your go between. Come ask me all your questions. I'll provide sacrifice. put ourselves in a position of king or the king maker, which is just worse, isn't it? Those that do that will drink without mixture the cup of indignation, the wine of God's wrath. And he looks at Peter and says, Peter, all that stuff you did that you're guilty of, this is because it's you. Should I not drink it for my people? Remember when he said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, I, you ain't going to have no part of it. He said, oh, Lord, wash my head, my hands, and my feet. And wash all my. Said, You're clean. Calm down, Peter. It says in Matthew 20, Jesus answered, said, You know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup which I shall drink of to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Are you able to drink of that cup? The answer is no. I can't pay that sin debt. I have nothing to pay with. I ain't worth nothing. I'm just nothing but debt. (laughs) I ain't nothing but negative. And anything I try to add to it's more negative. I can't, Lord. And like little children, they said to him, we're able. Can you drink of the cup I'm going to drink of? And they said, yeah, we can do that. And I bet he shook his head. Knowing our frame and pitying us. And he said, you shall indeed drink of my cup because you're going to be in me. And be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. He shall indeed. They let these go. I put this in my notes from Malchus. I thought, you know, if you had Osama bin Laden standing in front of you, I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> and one of his men just cut off one of my men's ear. This enemy of the state. And I'm going to kill him. And he puts, puts the ear back on or does something. He said, now, if you want to take me, you take me. But you let all these people go. Uh, no. <laughs> that ain't happening. Everybody's going down it. That's just a man and another man. This is the God of the universe. And when he speaks, it's a certainty. Take me. There's a cup I got to drink of. Let these go their way. For a season, they didn't go after him because he had to be alone. He had to be, betrayed. Had to be forsaken of everybody and everything ever. In totality. And then he come back to him, didn't he? Just like that sun. We don't see it. It's there. It? Warming this earth, providing for us. This one. We might turn our faces from him for a season. For a moment. And he'll come back to us again. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. We well, thank you for these clouds you've thank you for your son that's ever present in these times of darkness Lord don't leave us to our own understanding and our own knowledge and wisdom and ideas Lord flatten us reveal Christ to us and keep us as you promised you will Lord forgive us our sin forgive us what we are be with our brethren Lord, that aren't with us and those that are sick and with ailments you've given them, trials that you've sent, comfort them, Lord. Allow them to see your work and the freedom you've provided for us to finally follow you. Thank you for keeping your people. Thank you for this day. It's because of Christ we ask these things. Amen. All right, we'll wait to about 10.35 and start back